Today on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, we're getting clarity for our purpose and passion in life. I believe that the church of the living God, when it has vision, it mobilizes men and women to take action and make a difference in their community, in their family, in their life, in their society. That's vision. Welcome to the new Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is the president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Well, maybe you've heard Proverbs 29:18 before. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And the New Living Translation puts it this way, when the people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. And Mark, today we are talking about vision. Yeah, absolutely. I love this verse because... There's multiple translations, but in essence, it's saying that without a vision, people go unrestrained, let loose, are ignored. In other words, everybody does their own thing. Mm -hmm. And when there is a clear vision from God, it catalyzes our life in a particular direction. And um, I believe that so many of us need to gain clarity about vision. Indeed. And uh, this, this passage talks about that. It's a powerful passage. All right. Let's continue our series called Fully Devoted, talking about gaining a God-centered perspective. And if you have your Bible handy, turn with us to 2 Kings chapter 6. Mark titled the message, Do You See It Yet? When I was growing up, maybe like some of you, my father would drive these cars that let's just say they needed some work to be done on them. He was a mechanic and uh, on the side, he was actually a missionary, but could fix almost anything. So he always had grease in his fingers and he would buy cars at a discount, very discounted. And sometimes only he could drive them because they had all these little quirks and he would fix them sometimes on the spot. Some of you know what I'm talking about because you have cars like that. You look at your mufflers drag and you think, okay, $300 to the mechanic, or should I just use some of that, um, well, yeah, that uh, duct tape mechanic. How many of you know what duct tape mechanic is? You just figure, hey, you know, I'm just going to tie this muffler up with a little duct tape. It works well. Some of you have fixed your cars for years with duct tape. And, you know, we all have those cars occasionally in our lives where, you know, I've had the cars where... I drive up to the ATM and my window doesn't work, so I have to open up the door, bang it against the ATM, try to pick my arm around side and go like this, or those cars that you have to get in the passenger side because your car won't open, or those cars that are are just quirky. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? I've seen some of your cars out there, so I, I know I've seen the duct tape on some of your cars, so don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Well, my father had one of those cars And we were on a trip, and it started to snow really heavy. And as we were driving, sure enough, the windshield wipers were not functioning. And so finally, he he was trying to see, and he said, Mark, I got, I was probably about eight years old. He said, Mark, I got to pull over to the side. So he pulled over to the side, and I said, Dad, what are we going to do? I mean, it's snowing. We're an hour and a half, two hours away from our house. 
Uh, we don't want to be stuck in the snowstorm. He said, don't worry about it. I got this covered. He went in the trunk and rumbled through some things a little bit. And he came out with a roll of string. And he said, watch this. This will work. So he, he tied a string to the right windshield wiper. He tied a string to the left windshield wiper. He put the string in the window on my side. He said, hold this, Mark. And he put a string in the window on his side, and he said, we're going to make this work, Mark, okay? So he got on the road, and he pulled his side, and it went like this. And he says, okay, now it's your turn, Mark. And I pulled the side, and it went like that. And then he pulled, and it went like this. And he pulled, and it went like that. And we were able to make it home because we were able to see. You see, it was the back and forth clearing of our windshield that allowed us to have, here it goes, vision. When you have no vision, it's hard to move forward. Uh, you can drag a muffler for a while, but if you can't see, you can't go very far. You can go on a low tank of gas for a while, but if you can't see, you, you don't get very far into your journey. Because if, if you can't see clearly, if you've ever been in a really bad storm or you've been in a snowstorm or a rainstorm, uh, some, everybody, when you can't see, you slow down because you don't really, you can't see where you're going. When you can't see forward, you go to the side of the road and stop the journey altogether because you say, I, I can't go forward if I can't see. Or you get in an accident because you start swerving out of your lane and get into someone else's lane because, why? Because you don't have clear vision. Vision allows you to see forward, and when you see forward, you can move quickly into your destination. But if you can't see into the future, if you can't see forward, then you can't, you have no power in the present to, to drive in the direction that you're supposed to drive. I'm talking about vision. And I've noticed that when we lack vision in our own lives, and you say, well, vision, pastor, it's hard to define vision, grasp vision. Vision is that image of the future that you know. It's the call of God upon you to go somewhere that you know that that's who you need to be. That's what you need to do. That's where you need to go. It's that sense of inner direction. It's that clarified purpose of life. It's that mental picture of a God-ordained future that you say, yeah, that's where I'm supposed to go. That's who I'm supposed to be. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's vision. You know, Proverbs tells us that, Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, where there is no, say it again, where there is no, People perish. If there's no clarity about where we're going in the future, if there's no clear mental picture of a God-ordained future, then people perish. Another translation says, where there is no clear revelation from God, everybody does their own thing. When there's a clear vision for your life, it charges you to work hard for the future. 
It makes you get up in the morning because you know what you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to go, what you're supposed to be. If a team has a vision, it unites it. It catalyzes energy towards a specific purpose where there's vision. Where there is no vision, and I've seen men and women, leaders, countries, churches with no vision. And I've noticed that there's a common syndrome among people that lack vision. I noticed that when, when a man lacks vision, he tends to not lead his family, he tends to survive in his family. When a man lacks vision, he's not taking his family towards something, he's just surviving with his family in something. When a man lacks vision, he's not saying, no, no, this is where we're going, this is what me and my household will do, this is how we're going to live, this is what we're going to move towards, he just survives. He lets life happen to him instead of making something happen of his life. Man, I'm preaching to myself, so this is good, but I don't know if I'm with anybody else in here is listening. But hey, this is vision. Some of you need to know because I believe that God is speaking to some people here today about the lack of vision in your own life and the necessity of having vision. I've seen places without vision when someone doesn't have a clear mental image of where they're supposed to be going then they tend to ramble around they tend to lack energy they tend not to have focus they tend to be reactive instead of proactive they tend to let life happen to them they tend to just kind of flow with the punches because they're not really going anywhere concretely, anywhere specifically. There's no discipline. There's little motivation. There's little movement forward. Why? Because you don't know where you're going. And if you have no clear image of where you're going, then chances are you won't go there. I'm talking about a lack of vision. I've seen nations that lack vision. And when a nation lacks vision, it just reverts to maintaining or infighting. I've seen churches that lack vision. And when a church lacks vision, it's not moving somewhere, it's just maintaining what it has. Do you realize 80% of the churches in America last year did not baptize one person? No, you heard me right. 80% of the churches in America did not baptize one person. So what are the churches doing? Sometimes if you, have, if you lack vision, you start to maintain. You don't know where you're going. You just want to make sure you don't lose what you have. You just want to make sure that you keep people comfortable. You just want to make sure that not too much is happening. People are getting along. Not too much is stirring up. And so people come week after week to listen to a homily. Homily? Yeah, homily. They're listening to a nice message that's sprinkled with enough spirituality to make you feel good, but not too much conviction to make you want to change or feel uncomfortable. 
So the idea is I don't want to offend anybody or step on anybody's toes. I just want to make sure you feel okay so that you come back next week and you give a little tithes and offerings. We're not doing anything. We're just making people feel comfortable. We're not moving anywhere. We're just making people feel okay. We're not mobilizing anything. We're just wanting to make sure that people are, are coming back and sitting in their chair. We're not asking you to do anything. We're just asking you to show up and sit. A lot of churches in America lack men because men aren't great sitters. So men show up in church and they say, if the expectation of me is just to come and sit week after week and listen, they're not good listeners too. How many wives say amen? So if I'm going to sit, which I'm not really good at, and I'm just going to be asked to listen, which I'm not really good at either, and occasionally give, which I'm worse at, then I'm not sure I want to show up again. I believe that the church of the living God, when it has vision, it mobilizes men and women to take action and make a difference in their community, in their family, in their life, in their society. That's vision. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job, and this is Bold Steps Weekend. We'll jump back into the second half of today's message on gaining vision in just a moment. Stay with us. Did you know that in addition to hearing from Mark on this weekend program, you can also hear him teach each weekday on our sister program, Bold Steps with Mark Job. You can find this bold teaching on your local radio station, the internet, or through our popular Moody Radio app. To learn more about all the ways you can listen to Mark on the go this holiday season, just go to boldstepsweekend.org. Now, let's return to Mark's message called, Do You See It Yet? I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. We're going to be looking at a story. As far as I know, it's the first time I've ever preached out of this passage since I've been preaching. And I've preached out of a lot of passages in the Bible. The main character of this story is a man by the name of Elijah. Not to be confused with Elijah. Elijah was the iconic prophet that appeared with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. One of the most powerful prophets in all the Old Testament. He prayed and it did not rain for three years. The weatherman prophet. He prayed again and it rained. He confronted 400 prophets of Baal. They danced, pranced, cut themselves, worked themselves up into a frenzy, trying to get fire to come down from heaven and consume the altar. And Elijah, one prophet against 400 pagan prophets, just stood there and say, maybe your God's on vacation. Or literally, he said, maybe your God's in the bathroom and can't hear you. And then when it was his turn, he didn't dance and prance and beat himself and yell and holler. He just said, Lord God Almighty, you hear my prayer. Now vindicate yourself in front of these people. Call fire down from heaven and consume this altar. And just to make sure that they knew it wasn't just because it was dry and fire came out, he said, let's dump water on the altar. And as soon as he prayed, fire came down from heaven and consumed the altar. That's Elijah the prophet. But Elijah the prophet had a protege, a mentor, a, 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 someone he was mentoring. 
He was a farm boy. He knew about plowing, about dirt, about farming. He wasn't very sophisticated. He wasn't very knowledgeable about leadership. Elijah found him plowing some fields, just doing a simple task, but a hard worker. And Elijah said, come and follow me. And so young Elijah came and followed Elijah, and he started training him and mentoring him, follow him, and, and carrying his suitcases and watching what he did. But I, I tell you something. When the time came for transition, the iconic prophet Elijah looked to his young protege and he said, what do you want from me? Here's where you see vision. Because I believe during those times, Elijah, the young, young man of God, was starting to dream, God, what could you do through me when it's my turn? How could you use me? And he envisioned himself being a prophet that God would use, a man of God that he would use. He had a vision that had been boiling up inside of his spirit. He saw himself not just as a farmer, but as a man that could make a difference, a man that could move in power. And as soon as Elijah asked him what he wanted, he said, I want a double portion of what you have. You don't ask for bold things unless you have a vision for it. You don't ask with courage or boldness or aggressiveness unless you've seen it already in your mind. He said, I want to double what you have. And Elijah said, you ask a hard thing. But the Bible tells us that God granted this young man a double portion of what Elijah had. And if you do the math and count the miracles that Elijah Sr. did, and what Elijah did, Elijah did double the miracles of Elijah. God gave him a double portion. Man, I'm praying for a generation of young leaders that will rise up and say, you know, what's happened in the past is good. I love it. I've learned from it. But I'm not settled for it. I want a double portion. I'm praying for men and women that have their own clarity of vision that say, you know what, it's been good. But I believe that God wants me to go even further than the last generation. God, give us the boldness of a double portion. So in 2 Kings chapter 6, we find this man of God encountering some trouble. There is no vision without obstacles. There is no vision without testing. There is no God-given preferred vision of the future that will not be difficult. There's a man of God in this place that you never grew up in a godly home. You never saw a father train the children the ways of God. You never saw your dad bless you and the children beside the bedside, you never saw them pray. You never saw them crack a Bible. You never saw them not swear in the household, not bring booze in and, and, and get drunk on the week, weekends and be faithful to his wife. You never saw that. But in your mind, you're saying, I want to be a cycle breaker, legacy maker in Jesus' name. And I never saw it physically, 
But in my mind, I've seen a vision of the family man that I want to be, of the man, the husband, the father that God is calling me to be. Maybe I never saw it in the physical, but I see a vision of it that God has placed in my heart. I, I see that vision, and that vision drives you. And Elijah was called to be a man of God, but he was encountering some difficulty fulfilling the vision that God had called him to to walk in. And I believe in this passage that we see that God has to open his eyes to three things as he starts pursuing his God-given vision. If you're taking notes, write this down. The first thing that God starts to open his eyes to is to God's very own presence. You see, you can't grasp the vision of God unless you first of all understand the presence of God. You see, it's the presence of God that enables you to understand the purposes of God. If you're not aware of his presence, then you will never be clearly aware of his purposes. This story tells us, and I'm going to summarize this story for you, but it tells us that a king by the name of Aram was at war with Israel. And he was trying to catch the Israelites in ambushes, but they seemed to always escape his ambushes. They seemed to be a step ahead of him all the time. So finally he, took, he turned and looked at his officers and says, which one of you is a traitor? How does Israel know how to escape? Which one of you is telling them where I've set the ambush? How come they're always a step ahead of us? And one of his officers timidly put his hand up and said, hey, it's none of us. There's no traitor among us. There's a man by the name of Elijah. And it's like he knows what you speak in your bedroom because he walks with God. God tells him how to avoid the ambushes. God has given him insight into, into what we're trying to do. God is speaking to him. Get Elijah Kidnap Elijah, kill Elijah, and you'll be able to take the, the people of Israel down because he's the one. There's something powerful about the presence of God. You may not know what's happening in the future, but God knows. You may not know where the ambush is set, but there's something about Almighty God. The enemy goes to a lot of work to put an ambush in place. He's orchestrated it. He's connived it. He's done it like he can. He puts it in place. And suddenly you walk, you think, no, I think I'm going to go this way. And you avoid the ambush. And the enemy is, what just happened? What just happened is you were led by the Spirit of God. What just happened? You don't even know why you took a turn. But God said, no, I'm taking you this way. Because God knows how to help you avoid every ambush in your life. It's the presence of the living God. He's all-powerful, all-knowing. He knows all things all the time, everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's El Shaddai Elohim. He is the God Almighty. His banner over us is love. He's the God that can predict the future, know the future, bend the future. He's the God that is for you. And if he's for you, who can be against you? Yeah, that's right. If God is for you, who can be against you? You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job in our newest program, Bold Steps Weekend. 
Now, Mark, a lot of us want to know more about God, but we're not sure where to start. Or if we're honest, we don't always see how the Bible relates to us in our modern world. When we study our Bibles, most of us are looking for more than just a history lesson. We want to know more about God. And if we're honest, more about how this book relates to us in this modern world. And so if you've been struggling to go deeper in your own study, I'd like to recommend a book to you. It's titled The Quick Start Guide to the Whole Bible, and it's our latest bold action gift. This handy guidebook cuts right to the heart of the matter and focuses on three questions. What does the text say? Why does it matter? And what does it mean? We'll send you a copy when you give a gift of any amount to support Bold Steps Radio. And then if God leads you, consider taking your next step by teaming up with us to become a bold partner. Your financial gifts of any amount will help bring the truth and the power of the gospel to people all over the country and even to the world. And we'd love you to partner with us. So request the book, The Quick Start Guide to the Whole Bible by Drs. William Marty and Boyd Severs when you go to boldstepsweekend.org. And then before we wrap up today's message, let me remind you about a special event that's taking place next year. In May 2022, you're invited to join Mark Job and Dr. Michael Rydelnik of Open Line Radio as they journey through the Holy Land. See the pages of Scripture come alive right before your eyes as you immerse yourself in the sights, culture, and beautiful landscapes and walk where Jesus walked. This unique opportunity will change your understanding of Scripture forever. You can register online right now when you visit boldstepsweekend.org. And while you're online, don't forget that we'd love to hear from you. Just search for Bold Steps Radio on your favorite social platform and click the like or follow buttons. We look forward to seeing you there. I'm Wayne Shepherd, wishing you a thankful, long holiday weekend. And be sure to join us next weekend when Mark wraps up this series of messages on being fully devoted to God. Mark will be asking the question, do you see it yet? So join us then here on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.